Good morning, New Hope family. You may be seated. I'm so thankful that each one of y'all are here today. Welcome to New Hope. If you're visiting, we're so happy that you're here. What a great Sunday to visit on, graduation Sunday. Please make sure that you fill out a form for us so that we can get in touch with you and know you better. So as you can see, today is a very special day. We celebrate those graduating from high school, college, their higher education. Getting a degree takes you from one path to a completely different path. Your previous path, hopefully, has prepared you very well for the next, but the next one is completely new. You may be transitioning from your life as a child, growing up in a home and then becoming an adult, ready to make the next move, whether it be choosing a vocation or continuing your education or praying over what God has in store for you next. Or we also have those that choose to further their education, and now they're completing that to enter into the working world maybe for the first time, or they have been in the working world, and they, are, they have been battling the juggling process of a full-time job and a family and an education full-time all at once. So every graduation Sunday, as we all probably do, I think about my graduations from high school and college. I think about the joy I had just from being done the excitement as to what was to come next. And as I stand here many years later, I realize that your next path, your next step can be all about you and your dreams and your desires, or you can immediately hand all of that over to God, seeking his will, his job, his path, his choice for your apartment, your house, your roommate, your boss, your fellow employees. The smallest details of your life can make the biggest differences. And the paths that you will take are new avenues of your world, graduates, that will open you up to more people and to more ways of being the light of Jesus Christ than you've ever had before. So we congratulate you as you graduate, and we encourage you to follow God in all your ways. We encourage you to show people God by loving them, by being different from everyone else in your life around you, to stand out for your faith and for God to make really hard choices that go against all of those around you because you choose to be holy as you continue your next step. So congratulations, and we will now um, recognize our graduates. Our first graduate that could not be here this morning is Amy Lynn Brooks, the daughter of Derek and Angela Brooks. She's graduating from Pinnacle Classical Academy and graduating from Cleveland Community College with her Associates in Arts. Amy plans to attend North Greenville University in the fall as a life-shaped scholar. She plans to double major in elementary education and business. Emma Surratt. Emma is the daughter of Jason and Aaron Surratt and is graduating from Pinnacle Classical Academy, summa cum laude. She is also graduating from Cleveland Community College with an associate in arts and on the president's list. She plans on attending Campbell University and studying biology and pre-med. Tanner Ryan Tessnier. Tanner is the son of Gary and Pat Tessnier. He'll be graduating from Pinnacle Classical Academy. And he plans to attend Cleveland Community College. <laughs> Colby Ray. Colby is the son of Crystal Tyler. He will be graduating from Gaffney High School. He will be attending Limestone University in the fall and majoring in music education with a minor in music performance. And our college and higher education, 
Thomas Trey Burton III. Graduating from uni the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, he will receive his Bachelor's of Arts with his major in Management and Society. Trey has already accepted a position as an Operations Analyst for the Wealth and Investment Management Department of Wells Fargo Bank in Charlotte, North Carolina. Emily Hamrick McCurry, she's graduated from Lincoln Memorial University with a Doctorate of Veterinary Medicine. She plans to practice small animal medicine at Hope Animal Hospital. And our last graduate is Jonathan Jackson, who is busy at work in the back. He has graduated with a Bachelor's of Science with a major in Computer Information Systems from Gardner-Webb University while working full-time with a family, which is very impressive. Jonathan couldn't be down front today because he was running the sound back there. <laughs> Congratulations, graduates. You may have a seat. Thank you all for being here and supporting this, this wonderful Sunday that we all look forward to. Being able to experience this path with them for so many years and praying with them and being with them as they continue on this new journey. So I pray that you all stay connected to them and encourage them and pray for them as they continue on. And some will be moving and some will still be around. So please choose someone and make that connection with them so that they always have personal connections no matter where they go with new hope. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, how great you are. How wonderful your name is alone. We praise you this morning for everyone in this sanctuary. We thank you for their creation, how they were so beautifully and wonderfully made. How you had prepared their path for them. You knew all that they would have an opportunity to do and to be and since before you made them. You've loved them since before their parents even held them. So I pray for each one here, graduates and those sitting around encouraging them and celebrating them, that you will continue to, to show us the path you desire for us. The path that will bring you glory and righteousness and that will bring others to you, Lord. Let this be a celebration of hard work and determination and a celebration of you, Lord, because we are nothing without you. And all good things are from you. We thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. We thank you for the good moments and the bad moments and everything. Because you work all things out for us. Because you love us. When we trust you, when we turn to you, when we choose you, Lord. So I pray that choice is made in people's hearts today if they have not already. And as we worship together, I give you honor. Holy Father, creator of the universe. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. 
Is that your prayer this morning? God, use me? You know, it's a, it's a big question for, for graduates as you go into, the, into your next phase of life. It's easy. My old adults here will tell you, it's easy to get caught up in the things of the world. It's easy to get caught up in your career and chasing after money and good, nice, big, shiny toys. But it all comes down to, are we asking God to use us? Are we, are we chasing after God? Are we chasing after the world? Because in the end, the world don't matter. It's all going to be melted away and go away. And God is the only thing that's going to be, be left. And so I want to encourage you today to keep your eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ as you attain your goals and chase after your career. But keep God number one. Yeah, Russ, I know, I know. I've heard it, Russ. You've said it before. But it's the truth. Don't get derailed in your belief. Because now is a critical time for you. Stay on the path that God has laid out for you. And I want to say congratulations to you. Man, you've worked hard, haven't you? And you put a lot of hours and study time and effort <clears throat> meeting all the criteria to, to achieve your graduation, to achieve earning that diploma. And, and overcome obstacles and challenges. Each one of you have had your own different, unique challenges that you've had to overcome in order to get to this point in your life. And we want to say congratulations. Awesome job in, in staying after it and being faithful to the end. Because you see, that's what God's Word tells us to do in the Christian faith. Is to, you know, we, we may have grown up in church. We may have passed in and out of church. But God's Word says to be faithful to the end. To be faithful to the end, not a splash in the pan, but to be faithful to the end. <clears throat> and you know, it's interesting to think about a, the entire graduating class of all the classes across the country. Okay, think about it. It's interesting to, to, to think about how they will impact the world. It's like a shotgun effect because, you know, the students are going to make choices and and, and, and those choices are going to take them in different directions. And I know there are people that I went to high school with that I've not seen since high school. The same for college. And then we've had friends that have been there all along. And, and some of those friends we had in high school, we thought, man, they'll always be my friend. And man, life happens, doesn't it? And, and when we go down different roads... So they may not be there like for us that are 58, 40, 58, 65, however old. Surround your people, surround yourself by people that are going to make a godly impact in you and a godly influence on your life. Think about this graduating class. There are going to be some that they go into the military. There are going to be some that that, that go directly into the workforce. There are going to be some that, that continue on their education, and unfortunately, there are going to be some <clears throat> that wind up in the criminal system. Um, some are going to be, make great, unimaginable impact and contributions on society. Others are going to help maintain society, and then others are going to be a drain on society. 
I saw a sign this week that said, you had dreams five years ago. We all had dreams five years ago. You might have been in the eighth grade, or you might have been a, a senior in, in high school. You might be graduating now. But we all had those dreams five years ago. And, and it went on to say, where are you today? Where are you today? And that's, that's the question for all of us to ask, to, to ask ourselves today. Looking back five years from today, are we where we thought we'd be? Are you where you thought you would be? You see, every decision that we've ever made in our life has brought us to the point to where we are today. And every decision you make from this point going forward will determine where you're going to be five years from now. Maybe today's a, a good time to consider that question for various parts in your life, various aspects in your life. And from five years from now, where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself five years from now? I'm not talking just to graduates. I'm talking to everybody in here. Where do you want to be five years from now? Where do you want to be in your career? Where do you want to be in your finances? Where do you want to be in your health? But most importantly, where do you want to be spiritually five years from now? Because you see, there, there are people that are, that are at the same place they were today that they were five years ago spiritually. Because it's just been going through the motions. It's not been a, a desire or a burden or a, or, or, or a hunger for God. And so, what is it that, where is it that you want to be five years from now? In your life, in your health, in your finances, in your career, but most importantly, in your spiritual life. Because you see, God created us for, for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. And, and so, are we where God wants us to be, doing what God wants us to do? That's the question for us today. Are we where God wants us to be and doing what He wants us to do? Take, for instance, everything, everything in this world has a purpose. Everything in this world was created for a purpose. You think about a car. What's a car for? Transportation, right? What about your bed? What's a bed made for? Sometimes it's to lay in. Hopefully it's to sleep in, but... <laughs> A lot of times insomnia kicks in and you just lay there all night, but a bed is made for sleeping. What about you got up and took a shower this morning, what's soap made for? What's to cleanse you, to make you clean, okay? Your shoes, your clothes, well, okay, they all have a purpose. Our passage today comes from, from 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you will turn to that. As you turn to that, think about that, that each of these items that I mentioned have a specific purpose. They were created. They were designed. You know, everything around you was created for a purpose. Even the purpose, even the person next to you. They were created for a purpose. In this passage in, <clears throat> in 2 Timothy chapter 2, <clears throat> we think about 
this passage and, and, and as we encounter and, and as you go out into the world, as, as you go into your workplace tomorrow, the reality of, of false teachers is all around us. That's what Paul is dealing with in this passage here. <clears throat> and he's warning us not to be led astray by, by false teachers and the things of the world and the, and the people of the world. And he warns us about the difficulties that that can bring when we do chase after those people and those things. And instead, he, he encourages us to be used by God and not by the world. To chase after God. To be obedient to God and not the world. We're going to look at, at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through, 20, through 19 in NIV, and then we're going to switch over to the New King James, uh, verse 21 through uh, 20 through 26. I think those descriptions better, better fit this passage. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourselves to God as a one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid countless chatter or godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. And among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have departed from the truth. They say the resurrection has already taken place and they destroyed the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with the inscription, the Lord knows who, is, who, is, who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In the New King James Version, it says, But in a great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of honor and some of dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also from youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, and those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they will generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, be able to teach, patient, in humility, <clears throat> correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to know their senses and escape the snare of the evil, having been taken captive by Him and to do His will. I want to focus on verse 20 and 21 right there. And Paul is comparing the, 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 the church to a great house. He says, but in a, in a great house or a large or a or a wealthy house. So think about a larger, you know, the, the, the houses of the wealthy. It says they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. The vessels of gold and silver were used for, uh, for the special guest. 
for, for those special times in life. But here in, in, in King Solomon's temple, in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 21, it said everything was made of gold. It says all of King Solomon's drinking vessels were gold. All of the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Not one was silver, for this was accounted as nothing in the days of Solomon. And so everything was, everything was immaculate. But that's the way it was for Solomon. But, but for how many of you have a china cabinet? How many of you had fine china? Okay. The china that we pull out on, on special occasions. You know, that used to be the case when, when, when uh, newlywed couples got married, you know, they, they registered for a particular pattern of fine china. And, and you get that, everybody sends a plate and a platter and everything, you know, and, and it looks, you know, you got a stacks of boxes of china and so you take it out and then you buy a big hutch and you put it in, in the hutch and you walk by that hutch all the time. And you look at it and you look at it and you look at it and you never use it. But, but it's there for those special occasions. You know, we've been married a long time and we've only pulled those out a few times. And I think the very first time we pulled them out, we broke a glass, didn't we? The first or second time, it's like, wow, why did we use this stuff? This is expensive, good stuff. We pulled it out, used it, and broke it. But we put it back up and I'd already used it again. But it's nice, it's pretty when you walk by. <laughs> but it's for those special occasions. That's what we're talking about here. The, the useful vessels. It's for those times of, of dinner instead of supper. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the ordinary plates, the, you know, the, the ones that fill our cabinets or the paper plates and the stadium mugs, all that that you use every night. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay. Those were the wood and the clay pieces that he's talking about here. The wood and the clay vessels, they were the, the common everyday vessels. And so that passage is a, is a play on words on the righteous and the unrighteous people in the church. A vessel, let's say a, a pitcher, you know, is designed to, uh, created to hold water, to pour water and tea from, uh, uh, the utensils that we use, the, foot, the spoon, the fork, the knife, they were created for the purpose of eating. Verse 21 says that those who cleanse themselves those who are filled with the Holy Spirit can become a useful vessel. If you have a pitcher that's cracked and leaks, it's not much good, is it? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a useful vessel for the Master, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in essence, those who, who repent and receive the Holy Spirit can be used by God. And as Christ followers, there, there are things God calls us to do. There are things that God wants us to do. We're not referred to as an ordinary vessel, though, in God's eyes. Throughout Scripture, we're, we're seen as, a, as vessels of honor. The New Testament, in verse 21, calls, it, calls us chosen instruments. Throughout Scripture, we're called. Think about that, God's vessels, God's chosen instrument, God's special instruments. 
We think about our world today and we, when we look at people, when we just look around at people, we, we see what, what they do more than who they are in Christ. And we often get consumed and, and captivated with doing in our life instead of being who we ought to be in Christ. Paul warns us here, and, and not only the graduates today, but, but everybody, he warns us in, in verse 22, he says, flee from, from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, pursue faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Put the things of the past, put the things of your childhood behind you and begin to grow in Christ, chasing after Christ, desiring Christ, drawing near to God so that He will draw near to you. Again, we, we see people for what they do in their jobs, in their life. Take, and even in biblical times, think of, of Matthew, for instance. Being a tax, a tax collector, he probably wasn't a shy person. He, he had to be bold. and in, in fact, he probably was bold in order to get what he, he needed to get from the people. A tax collector, he was a skilled accountant. He was able to skim off the top. He could cook the books, you might say, to make it look right. A tax collector also had to be literate, which would one day be valuable in, in writing the gospel. A tax collector, he probably didn't mind public appearances. He had to be before people all the time. Again, he probably wasn't timid or apologetic about rendering the, his tax services. And he was dedicated. He was dedicated. And, and his hard work, his work ethic proved valuable in carrying out the Great Commission for God. See, all these were talents that, that he possessed. All these characteristics the Lord could and would use one day when Matthew led him. You see, we're all gifted in many ways, but are we letting God use us or are we using them for the world? What people see in it is the, the things that people see in us, the things that we do, that's what the world sees. But Jesus doesn't look and see what we, what we are doing, but what we can do in Christ. He doesn't look at our accomplishments. Man, those diplomas are great. They're wonderful at every level. As I said last week, I went to a, to a kindergarten, a pre-K graduation, and they got a little diploma. All of that means nothing in the kingdom of God. We're all seen as equals in the eyes of God. He doesn't, again, He doesn't look at our, at our accomplishments, but rather our potential that He can bring out of us. I think about this as Jesus, you know, as, as He walked along the, the disciples, uh, walked along the shore and, and saw Matthew sitting in, the, in his tax booth or the fisherman on the seashore, He didn't look at him and say, huh, yeah, he's a good tax collector, yeah, I can use him, or he's a fisherman, I can use him uh, to, to supply food, I can do, use, you know. He didn't do that, did he? 
It didn't mean anything to him. All their achievements, who they were in this world, didn't mean anything. And we know that because he had a handful of fishermen and, and didn't use them or didn't consult with them about feeding the 5,000. Hello? you got really good fishermen here, Jesus, and you're going to do it yourself. You know, in the Baptist life, say, okay, we got nine fishermen, okay, y'all are on this uh, feeding committee, y'all are on the hospitality committee here, okay. He didn't do that, did he? Instead, think about this, those who were so well equipped to do that job, he didn't ask them to do it. He asked them to serve the food. They had nothing to do with catching the fish. They had nothing to do with preparing the fish, although they were all qualified. Jesus just wanted them to serve. You see, Jesus didn't need their ability. He doesn't need our ability. He can use our ability. He will use our ability when, when we allow Him to, but, but more than that, He just needs us to be available. These graduates today, some of you have special, are, are specializing in, in different things. Maybe you're going to college in a, uh, to study a degree. Maybe you're going into workforce for, for a specific career. But God doesn't care. He wants you to use those gifts in wherever you are in life for His glory. He needs our willingness to be used by Him. He needs us to decide in our hearts today that we're going to be a useful vessel in the kingdom of God. But in order for us to be the vessel to be used by God, we have to empty ourselves in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got to be empty and cleansed and filled. And then we have to be available. We have to be available. You know, we're going to have a preschool, a little preschool graduation tonight. And they're going to serve snacks and stuff afterwards. But if, even if we have pictures that are good, what if we can't find them? What if they're not available for use? If they're in a storeroom somewhere, they're no good, are they? Folks, God can't use your talents and your gifts and your abilities if we don't let Him. If we don't put them out on the counter and say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Use me and make me into the person. Create me into the person you want me to be. Because in this great house, in the church, there are believers and false believers, and the true believers are the vessels, the useful vessels of God. And so that brings up the question this morning, are we the sanctified, honorable vessels that are determined to be useful in the kingdom of God? Have, have we decided that in our hearts today? Because in five years to now, from, from now, will you look back and say, yes, I made myself available to God. Yes, I made myself available to God. Yes, I'm becoming the person God created me to be by, by being a useful vessel in the kingdom of God. 
Folks, I beg you today, don't look back and say, I wish I had. Don't look back and say, I wish I had. Instead, determine in your hearts today, say, yes, I will. Yes, I will. So that you can look back one day and say, I'm glad I did. Look what God has done through me. Will you do that today? We're going to sing our hymn of invitation, the potter's hand, basically to say, I am the potter. Or I'm the clay, you're the potter. God, use me, make me, create me into what you want me to be. Because right now, today, I'm placing myself on God's potter wheel. How many of you have seen a potter work their craft? They begin working and shaping and it doesn't always come out right the first time, does it? Sometimes we get smacked back down, don't we? That's the way it is in life. Sometimes we have to get taken back down until, until our creator, until our master, until our potter makes us into the person he wants us to be. And with that, he cuts the wheel off and says, here. Don't look back one day and say, I wish... I would have. But determine today that you're going to be a useful vessel in the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we reflect on our own life and acknowledge that probably most of us aren't where we thought we'd be or like to have been looking back five years ago but Father today all of that can change when we surrender to you but God it really doesn't matter what we think it's what you think it's where you want us to be five years from today God, we know that, that you want us to be obedient and faithful. And you want us to be surrendered to you in order to be used by you. In order to be the person you've created us to be. And so, Father, the challenge this morning to your people is full surrender. Lord, you, you know our hearts. And you've heard our prayers. And Lord, we thank you today for answering those prayers. So Lord, just today, help us to become who you want us to be in Christ. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.